Hey, listener, you found us. I'm Christina. And I'm Michelle. And you're listening to Pop In, a writer's oasis. Hello. Welcome to our inaugural podcast of Pop In, a writer's oasis, in collaboration with Phoenix Oasis Press. Our goal of this podcast is to support the mission of Pop in nurturing and supporting Arizona writers. The first week of every month, Michelle and I will be talking to local writers about their creative journey. The third week of every month, we will be talking to each other about various topics that impact writers. Upcoming themes will include overcoming writer's block, the use of pseudonyms, and social media for writers. According to the website, this podcast is going to leave you laughing and inspired. And with a generous description like that, I have discovered that my mom is moonlighting as our website's ghostwriter. But really, I do hope that we can leave you inspired, and if not laughing, like, at least smiling. We are so grateful to welcome not one, but two guests to this inaugural episode. As this is our first episode, the structure will be a little unique. We will be asking our two guests questions about their roles with POP, and following that, we have a set of questions for them about their experience with writing. To close out this episode, we have asked our guests to share some of their writing with us. So without further ado, it is my great honor to welcome our two guests, Sue Fulton and Tracy Scochel. Sue has been writing for over 60 years, which is pretty darn impressive. She primarily writes poetry and reflective essays, but dabbles in other mediums like short stories and blog posts. She also writes the incredibly well-organized and informative newsletters for Phoenix Oasis Press and Shut Up and Write Metro Phoenix. She oversaw the publication of two anthologies, Roots, Shoots, and Blooms in 2022, and Beyond Boundaries, Tales of Transcendence in 2023. Sue lives in Arizona with her wife and their two pups. She is a mother, grandmother, horse whisperer, and friend to many, she is also one of the warmest, kindest, and most selfless people I have ever met, so it is incredibly special to have her in the studio today. We are also joined today by Tracy Scochel, who is another incredible writer and overall just a phenomenal human being. She has been writing her entire life and is currently in the revision stage of her first novel, which, and here's a little insider trading, is absolutely phenomenal. If deep diving into technology, humanity, and morality interests you, Tracy is your girl. She also writes microfiction, short stories, and has previously worked as a journalist for newspapers and magazines. While originally from Canada, she now lives in Mesa, Arizona with her husband and their two cattle dogs. So we are all here today because of the amazing work Sue and Tracy have put in to creating POP, the Phoenix Oasis Press. And since they're both here in the studio today, I wanted to start out by asking them some questions about their experience and to introduce you, the listener, to what POP even is. So, Sue, what is POP and how did the whole party get started? Uh, and it is a party. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually is was born out of Shut Up and Write. So four years ago, I was looking for a writing group, couldn't find one that fit. So I ended up starting a Shut Up and Write chapter, which means it changing hands. And out of that came a couple of books and all kinds of projects. And out of that last book came Pop. And out of the idea for Pop in my brain, some kind of a group that was going to help writers do something with 
<laughs> I think it was pretty vague. Um, Tracy came up. So if I'm like with the little engine that could, she is absolutely the coal in the engine keeping keeping things going. Um, and so it just, it was born out of just love, you know, love and excitement and and people who are excited about doing things and who are willing to step up like you and Michelle um, and other people in the group who it's, it pops about passion projects. It's let's do things that, that we're writers. So let's do things as writers to help other writers and let's have fun while we're doing it. And let's not know where we're going. Let's just figure it out on the way. That is a phenomenal answer. You mentioned Shut Up and Write. Just for people who don't know what Shut Up and Write is, write is could you please explain that a little bit more? Absolutely. Shut Up and Write is a nonprofit group um, based out of San Francisco. They now have chapters worldwide. And the intention is to get for writers to get together usually once a week and to shut up and write for an hour. Um, and rather than uh, traditional writing groups, a lot of times we'll do critiques and do other kinds of things. Our goal in Shut Up and Write is let's just get together and write. Afterwards, we do other things. Um, and pop is one of those other things. But Shut Up and Write is about writing and just forgetting for a little while what else is happening in the world, and just getting into your writing. And it's an amazing experience to be surrounded by a room full of writers who are also writing at the same time you are. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to go to the Shut Up and Write meetings for about a year now, and I remember going to the first one, and just the energy in the room is so cool, because writing usually happens in solitude. And to actually be around other people, just like, you know, their heads are down, they're typing, or they're writing, and you're like, what cool things are you working on over there? Uh, what are your goals for pop in the future? I don't have specific goals. It's to watch it grow and flourish and become whatever it's going to be by um, pulling people together and letting people do what they're passionate about. So like this that you're passionate about, Tracy, with understanding branding and helping us kind of create an identity. Um, so I don't know. We've got a lot of things on the boards or you know, in plan for 2024. We'll see what happens. Very awesome. Now, Tracy, you are the fearless strategist for POP. And can you explain <laughs> all that that job title entails? Because you wear many different hats. Yeah, I think the strategist role is, I think it's hard to explain other, I mean, I love it. I've been a strategist for probably the last like 12 years. I started in B2B strategy. So really the branding, um, the programmatic strategy, try, trying to take a look and say, what do we actually want to do and how do we want to get there? And I love that my path crossed with Sue. Um, I met, we, we met at Shut Up and Write. Um, so when I was working on the first draft of my novel, I needed that accountability support. I needed that push. And you think that it's so easy when you say, I'm just going to take some time off and I'm going to write. And I would sit at home and I, I had the luxury of having some time and I would suddenly do everything in the world except for write. Because you have that little voice in your head that's like, you should be doing something that brings more value to the world, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is just like your, like you said, passion project. But um, so I found Shut Up and Write. And the first time that I sat down, I was like, I love this. Everybody else is quiet. We're all going to do this. And then over time, I've just loved, I got involved with the anthology. And then I started talking to Sue about social media. Um, we heard... We heard from a few folks, they were interested in figuring out how do I use social media to expand my audience? How do I get more, um, not necessarily publishers, right? But like, how do I build my brand on social media? And so we worked together on a session. We did that one. Um, and then out of that, I just had such a great experience working with Sue. I think you said it the best earlier, right? You're one of the kindest souls that I've ever met. It's, it's so easy to talk to you about writing. It's so easy to also be honest and say, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I don't understand. 
And you always have a suggestion for whether it's a resource or a person or a, a book. You're just this fountain of knowledge for all kinds of things when it comes to writing. So when you started talking about wanting to put pop together and you're like, I have this little idea. And what I love about strategy is it's almost like the water that helps that little idea grow where you start to say, okay, what is the why behind starting this? And what do you want it to be? And when it comes to branding, I always think about if somebody walked into a room and that room could be a podcast episode or that room could be a social media post or that room could be a right, um, the reader salon that we've been talking about. How do we make it look and feel like Sue and Pop are in the room every minute? How does it feel authentic to the vision that you have? And in my head, that's what strategy is. It's how do you how do you choose fonts? How do you choose colors? How do you choose feelings that you want everything to convey? And with the group that Sue has put together, that's been so easy. I mean, the two of you putting this podcast together, you can tell how passionate you are about it. So then it becomes, how do we line up the guests and the topics and the pieces that really align with Pop's vision? And how do you do that with everything from social media to the blog to the website? Um, and there's so many folks that have come out and just raised their hands and said, I'd love to help you with this. So strategy also a little bit becomes, what are the guidelines so that people don't get overwhelmed, so that nobody feels like suddenly there's too much on their plate and this this community grows? Um, and the impact I think that you have is is the potential for is tremendous. That is a great answer. I leave it to a writer to come up with some beautiful analogies thrown in there on the spot. (laughs) Wow. Um, You did mention social media, and I did have a question about that because I think we've seen through like TikTok and BookTok the way that social media can be used on like a macro scale and just like connecting with people all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But how can we use it like on a micro level just within our Arizona community? Yeah, I think... In transparency, I am not a TikTok kid. Um, I love it. I've never, I've never signed up for it. I don't really use it. I love how TikTok and BookTok really took off. And the example I tend to use is BookTok took off because of the people that hosted TikTok accounts. It didn't take off because writers were on TikTok reading their work and saying, hey, please review this, right? It's kind of that thing where you had folks that are on TikTok that loved books, that loved reading that loved stories and they just wanted to share things that they found. Um, So in the approach for pop, when it comes to social media and when it comes to building a community on social, a, I think that that's really tough. Um, I think it's tough if that's your focus is like, I want to grow to a number. So I never look at numbers. I look at what is it that you want to share and what is it that your community really wants? Um, And that's where we've been talking about with pop How do we develop content that people want to come to the feed and they like whether you want to get inspiration, right? So it could be something as simple as every week we're going to put out some prompts. Um, Or it's one thing to say that we've done this really wonderful book that we hope everybody reads. It's another thing to have all of those authors give us a little bit about behind their story, right? Why did you write your story? So meet the authors behind the piece and that's going to pull folks into the community, right? So that's, that's more what I look at rather than um, trying to, that's not a good way to say it, but I look at it as put the content out there and the folks that are looking for us are hopefully going to find us. And they're going to find us because people are going to join, they're going to tell other writers, and then we'll just get that traction on social media. So. Yeah, it's if, you know, you're kind of putting more of the human element there rather than like a corporate yeah. strategy of like focus on the numbers and try to get the views and try to get all the clicks and but, you know, writers always want that authentic human connection just because, as Christy said, writing is a solitary yeah. thing to do. 
Yeah. And I think I've had a few writers reach out to me to ask if I can help them with their social media strategy. And the, the biggest thing I try to tell people is you write for yourself and your book is for yourself until you give it away, right? Like until you, you put it out in the world and then it becomes your readers are going to tell you what your book is about, what it meant to them. And social media, I think, should be the same, whereas you're actually not creating it for yourself. You need to look at the audience that you want to build and give them the content that you think is going to be really interesting. So, I mean, for example, I think we have um, somebody who comes to Shut Up and Write, and he is writing a personal uh, piece about his hiking. And I think it's the, is it the- Alan, Alan. Is it the Pacific Trail? Pacific Crest Trail. He just came back from the Pacific Crest Trail, yep. And so he's writing this wonderful piece. And if you think about his book, how do you bring the audience around that is going to love that book? So he could post about, you know, gear. He could post about how he pl plans for a hike. He can post about everything except for his book to bring folks in. And then you start to bring your book in in a really authentic way. But it's, I think it's like you just said, people want to know the writer, right? They want to know the yeah. why and they want to connect with you because when they know more about you and then they see your book come out, it can feel even more personal for the, for the reader. I love that. The, the why of writing is going to come up later because I think that is a really important part of it is why are you telling the story? Why now? And just it tells you a lot about the writer themselves. Well, I do want to save enough time to dive into some writing questions. So could you just give us a little sneak peek at what Pop has planned for 2024? Whatever happens to grow in the pop field, which includes at this point <laughs> um, in February, we're looking at doing a writer's retreat on February 29th. Do you love that? Love it. Oh, that's such great. Um, we're also looking at, Tracy mentioned the, um, the salons, and we're talking, we're calling them tentatively Writers Read, and it's a way to bring writers together so that we can share our work out loud with each other and also work on audience skills, connection skills. How do you connect to an audience when you're reading your piece? Um, so we're doing that. What else are we doing, Trace? I think we're doing a lot. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, this podcast is is an amazing example. Um, pulling people together and all. We a bunch of us went and attended the Desert Nights conference recently at ASU. So finding opportunities to pull writers together where we can do things together. You can subscribe to the newsletter at phoenixoasispress.com to stay up to date on all things pop. We will also be sharing that information on this podcast, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. So I think this is one of the greatest questions you can ask someone who writes, and we touched on this a little bit a second ago, uh, but it just tells you so much about the writer. So Sue, why do you write? Because I have to. <laughs> typical answer. Because from the first time that my mom put a pen on my hand and made me write a thank you note, and I realized that letters made words and words said things that people could read, I was just enthralled. I thought it was amazing. And I loved reading, so I figured it was smart to be able to write. What book has had the most profound impact on your life? I had to smile when I saw this question or thought about this question because I read so many books I couldn't possibly tell you. So I can <laughs> tell you a few of them. Um, I remember that I, the first time I read uh, Neil Gaiman's novel, Neverland, um, I just kept going back and going, who is this? Who wrote this? Who is this person? I've never heard of him before. Loved that book. And then at one point he wrote a children's book called The Graveyard Book, which I also absolutely <laughs> adore. Um, Another one that was very inspiring to me was Charles Dickens. I love Tale of Two Cities because I can't imagine anything more powerful than the kind of love that would carry you through like Sidney Carton did. Um, what else? And those are probably some of my favorites. And then I have a long list of 
writing books, if you want me to go over them, I will tell you some of them, but I have a long list of books by writers that inspire me. That's great. Um, that actually kind of bleeds into this next question, which is, uh, what is useful writing advice that you've received, either from a book or from like a friend? Okay, I'm going to give you my favorite Natalie Goldberg quote. Um, when, or I'm sorry, sorry, Natalie, it's actually Julia Cameron <laughs> in, in um, The Writer's Life says, when we start to write, we prime the pump and the flow of ideas begins to move. It's the act of writing that calls ideas forward, not ideas that call forward writing. That was profound for me because for a long time I was stuck in that, well, I have, I'm ready to write. Where's my idea? <laughs> it wasn't showing up. Waiting for the muse to show up. Exactly. <laughs> and the muse was refusing to do so. Um, so when I learned that it, it's the act of writing that creates stuff and that it's okay to sit down and just start writing and not have any idea where you're going, and that's a good thing. Great. Where have you found support in the writing community? Actually, probably more so than anything else, the last four years, it's been Shut Up and Write and the, the Inkwell, which was a group that did the first anthology, and then through POP and the connections that, that I've made and the people that I've met that are inspiring and exciting and fun and, and share the same passion. Are there any upcoming projects you'd like to share? Um, I, actually, it's one that's not my under mine right now. It's um, Ryder Lynn, who does our Shut Up and Write on Tuesdays in Glendale, is putting together an anthology for 2024. So our Phoenix group did the 2022 and the 2023. She and her team are going to do one in 2024. So we're looking for people to submit to that anthology. Ooh. Hint, hint, everybody. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and and all, you can find all the details on our, either on the POP website or on the Shut Up and Write website. Is that open to all Arizona writers? It is. Very yeah. cool. Nice. Well, and the deadline for that is? Is January 30th. Great. Perfect. So you guys have a month. Get going. Get writing. And look into that. Right. And non, we're looking for nonfiction up to 2,500 words. We're looking for fiction up to 2,500 words. And then poetry up to 55 lines. Perfect. And did you say there was a theme for the project? Oh, thank you. Yes. Bittersweet. So cool. it is bittersweet, and you can also submit up to two pieces in different categories. Well, awesome. Sue, thank you so much for answering those questions. Tracy, you're up to bat. Why do you write? Similar to Sue's answer, right? Like, I just don't know how to not write. I, I just don't. And ever since I was little, and my mom says, like, I wrote stories when I was a kid, and I did all that through, high, like, middle school and everything else. And then the world, I feel like, gets in the way and kind of, makes you feel that writing isn't really something you can do for a career as as a novelist or as a as a fiction writer. So I found that I actually fell into um, like I took English in uh, I took English in college, I took history, literature, all those fun things and it led me into a career where I was always with words. Um, so whether you know I was with newspapers back before everybody was like, oh newspapers are dying and then <laughs> You know, shocker, newspapers didn't die. It just turned into a term called content marketing, and everybody moved into that field. Um, and I followed it, and then it it led me into uh, marketing, which I also love because I think that the marketing that resonates the most is is marketing that you connect to. And you connect to it because there is a story, and there is something about that brand that you really love. Um, so I did that for a really long time, and what I found was that uh, – I was going home and I didn't have anything to prime the pump because I was spending all day writing words for other people. Uh, and it's always been in the back of my head. Um, there's this little event I'd love to give a shout out to. It's called the Muskoka Novel Marathon. And it is, uh, I was 
born and raised in Canada. Um, and I lived in that town for about six years. And it was a local fundraiser for the Literacy Society uh, run through the YMCA. And one of the largest problems with um, like more rural communities is that there is uh, there's a literacy problem. And you're able to get around that because you could really do different types of jobs that didn't require you to need to have the best literacy skills. And they had really great programs for adults. So this novel marathon came up where you were able to go in with, uh, you raised funds, and you went in with a one-page written outline of what your story might be. And you sat down for 48 hours, and you just wrote. And it was in a little schoolhouse at first, and then it was in a, another building. And you just sat, and you just wrote, and you worked on a novel. And at the end of that time, you handed it in for judging. And the top YA entry and the top adult entry, um, they actually went to publishers in Toronto. And the publishers didn't promise to publish them, but they promised to give really solid feedback. And I would say that that was the first time that I had given myself space to sit and to let the voices in my head be really loud and flow out onto the piece of paper. Um, and ever since then, I was like, this is what actually makes me calmer. This is what makes me happy. And this is what I really love to chase. So then the world came back into it on Monday after two days of writing, you know, and you kind of put that stuff aside. Um, and so ever since then, I've just really been trying to carve out space so that I could write more. And from Canada, ended up here. Um, and yeah, I've started writing a lot more here. And you said that um, the publishers, they said they would give feedback, but it actually did end up getting published, correct? Um, no, I, I'm i not actually sure which ones did get published. There was an anthology that came out of it that okay. one of my pieces was published in, but I love the group that started it. Um, it has an energy that it started way before me. I was just lucky to hear about it, and I gave it a shot. Um, but it was just this group, and that I find they were very similar to what Shut Up and Write was, is in the beginning they had said, do you, you all want to just meet at a coffee shop and we'll write together because I need that space? And they would meet and they would write. And then it turned into, how do we make this bigger? And how do we like give ourselves more time in busy lives to actually say, what I have to write is a value and being an artist is important. And I, and just giving yourself the allowance for that. I mean, honestly, I love, I love it's sort of like an echo to what you are doing with Shut Up and Write, where like you kind of came in, did the writing, but then eventually on its own you became involved with pop so I think it's a very nice parallel to what that event was for you thanks um just I think it's really inspiring yeah they're a fun group yeah. and I think I've been lucky actually it might be something you're gonna ask later so I'll ask. okay I hope I ask it later I know right no <laughs> if I don't ask, tell me and I'll, I'll ask it <laughs> as Sue mentioned this is kind of hard to pick just one but what yep. book has had the most profound impact on your life yeah, so I didn't, books. I didn't actually pick one, and I didn't actually pick a book. Uh, that works. Because I think, it's, I think it's so hard to just pick one book. There's many that come to mind over different times in my life where I go, this book was important to me at this time. Um, I looked at it as what are influences, and there's there's two large influences. One is um, the writer Alice Monroe and her short stories. She's a Canadian short story writer. Um, her stories are just beautiful, and it it was the first author that made me look at the short story as a really complicated and beautiful piece of art. Um, and she's got, I want to say like 10 or 12 books out and she was really a Canadian, Canadian icon. Um, but she had a big impact on my life, especially because she focuses on everyday things and she focuses on everyday tensions. So it's about relationships. It's about, um, like family relationships and romantic relationships and, the tension between cities and small towns and the tensions of politics between family members. And she does it in 
everyday situations, like one story would just be about a woman going grocery shopping. And you will find yourself at the end of it going, I'm, now I'm in tears. Like, oh my goodness. And she's just such a brilliant writer. Um, the second influence was the series Black Mirror. And that was the first time that I saw a series and I was introduced to the concept of what can live at the edges of where technology and humanity intersect. And I think I binge watched like every single episode in the span of a week. And then I was like, why is there not more? Um, I'm surprised you managed to get past the first episode. Right? I learned that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I made the mistake of, of sharing the first episode with my husband, and he's like, I'm out. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, I get it. <laughs> um, but I feel like there's some episodes that are in that that I started to go, I love this. Like, this is what what I really love to write about is I've been in technology for quite a while, um, behind the scenes with SaaS stuff, and and you start to think, what are people actually able to build, and what's coming? Um, and so those were, I would say, the two biggest influences. Um, the last thing I would say about that is uh, there's an episode called The Most Hated, I think it's called The Most Hated Woman. I'm not sure if you watched the, that the one. The new one. Oh, is that the... With Annie Murphy? No, but that one is also fantastic. This yeah. is like an oh, older one, and it's like everybody's voting. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, Bryce, I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you have not watched it, that is like, that episode just stayed with me. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head. No transition here. What is the most useful piece of writing advice you've ever received? Yeah, I don't know who said it, but it, it's uh, that you can't edit a blank page. That what's interesting is um, that's a piece of advice that I have really taken on this last year, and I couldn't remember where I had heard it, and I'm like, oh, I heard it from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you taught me that this last year, where it's like you you got to get something down, and it doesn't have yeah. to be perfect either. It just has to be something. Yeah, I mean, I started my novel two years ago, and I was very lucky in that I took some time off so that I could focus on writing it. And when you don't know what you don't know, right? You're like, yeah, I'll take time off, I'll write it, and then I'll edit it, and then it'll go really well. And then you sit there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. Um, <laughs> And I would say that the editing part and all the things I would do different if I, when I do my next book, um, but the first draft I would have done differently is I would have just sat and I would have just written and I would have worried less about things being perfect and things feeling like they fit. Um, and I would have just told myself the story. And then I would have gone back to say, okay, how do I like, how do I piece these together into some type of a structure that makes a lot more sense for the reader? And how do I, how do I edit? But I think I was too focused on okay, but you're just supposed to sit down and write it, aren't you? And there's no right or wrong way to do it, I don't think. But that was a really big one for me. You can't okay. edit if you don't have words. Idea, idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the next, I think one of the next workshops that we're going to do, we just did one on emotional intelligence for writers. I think one of the next ones we're going to do has to do with, res, uh, with resistance and with habits. And that would be a great activity to work into that workshop because that idea that you can sit down and just do it. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, and that's okay. You're going to learn along the way, which is, by the way, just what Pop is about, right? We're learning as we go. Yeah, it's all about the the adventure you kind of go on with it. Yeah. Well, listeners, you just got a special treat because that is a Pop meeting on record. <laughs> this is how it happens. A sneak peek. Yeah, somebody has an idea. Somebody else takes it and, exp you know, massages it, and they're like, great, now we got something, you know. So that was, that was fun to to see happening. Uh, where have you found support in your writing journey? Yeah, um, small groups in the beginning 
Uh, so when I was in Muskoka, there was a really small group. There was like, I think four of us and we would just meet in a friend's kitchen and it was like every month and we would bring something to read and we would read to each other and we would just talk about our stories. Um, and I loved it. It was wonderful. And they are such great editors and they're such great friends. Um, and we're still in touch today. And that was, you know, almost 20 years ago that we met. So I love that groups, when you find people that are your people, that like they love the same things as you do, like you just stay in touch. Um, there was also a group here locally. It's a it's a private group, but they meet once a month. And so I was doing that for a while. Um, and again, really lovely folks with great suggestions and great ideas. And it was just awesome to be part of it. And then as I moved further in my journey, um, I found Shut Up and Write because I needed that accountability piece of it. And then as I got further in the drafting stage, uh, I was actually looking for more of a critique group experience. Um, but I'm I'm awful in person, I'll admit that. Like I really hate reading my stuff in person. I get super nervous about it. And so I stepped into um, Red Sands Writer Circles, uh, does a number of online critique groups. And so I attended one of those. And they had said on the, on the webpage, it had said, oh, you can show up and you can just listen the first time if you want to feel how it goes. And I was like, cool, I can be a fly on the wall. I am really <laughs> good at that. And then they were like, oh, we're short people for two groups. So do you mind just reading? Do you mind going now? How about you go first? And I was like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. <laughs> and then I read and then I realized the world, like the floor wasn't going to open up and I wasn't going to disappear and people weren't going to be harsh and awful about stuff. And like you get over those fears that you have. Right. And so I started going back. Um, and what I loved about those groups was that it was a group of people who have absolutely no emotional attachments to me. Right. I'm not reading this to my mom. I'm not reading. I love you, mom. I'm not reading this to like <laughs> friends that have followed my journey for a really long time because they're always in your corner and they always write. It's hard to give hard feedback. Um, but with strangers, right, and then also with social media and the Internet, giving hard feedback, I think, is also <laughs> something that you might have when people aren't as connected to you. And so sometimes the feedback would be, I really don't get that paragraph you read. I don't understand it at all. And I would go, oh, weird. No one said that before. But you, you pick and choose and you figure out like, okay, at the end of the day, people give suggestions and you make decisions and you have to say, these are the suggestions that I feel like move my piece forward. Um, so I went to that for about eight months and then they were going to shut it. So then I took that one over. Um, so on to every second Tuesday, uh, if anyone is interested, you're, you're welcome to join us. We're online. Um, and it is kind of a, it is a mixed bag of it's whoever shows up. So sometimes we have poets and screenwriters. Other times we have, um, uh, a lot of folks that are writing memoir. Um, other times we have a lot of fiction writers who are sci-fi focused. And the one thing I say is I can't put you, I'm not going to put you in certain groups because you need to read and you need to listen to a lot of different styles um, to be able to give feedback. And feedback that is valuable is feedback that is helping somebody move their piece forward. Feedback isn't, that was awesome, I love it. Like that doesn't really help anybody. Um, and I think being a part of that has also helped me become a better writer um, being able to give other folks feedback as well. Can uh, we talk about? Can we talk about how the tagline for Pop came about? Ah, yeah, absolutely. True. Good point. So we were having a meeting, all of us sitting around, exchanging hands. And Christy, I think this was your word. The oh, word the came out of your mouth. So, so it's um, Phoenix Oasis Press, nurturing Arizona writers. And once we heard that word come out of Christy's mouth, it's like nurturing. Yes, that's, that's what it. we want to do. And what Tracy was just talking about that how fearful and scary sometimes it can be either to to join a new writing group or just to tackle writing or heaven forbid that you're going to be in front of other people reading your work 
And so that's another thing that POP is about. It's about helping people discover the courage in little steps, just whatever's comfortable for them, wherever they are on their journey. I love that. I remember one thing that really stuck out to me when we did um, the book launch for Beyond Boundaries. We also did a reading. And at the end of it, um, I think Sue was like, does anybody else want to read their piece? And Tracy, you're like, I didn't sign up. I don't like to read in public. But you're like, I'm so inspired. I'm going to do it. I think that is a testament not only to your bravery, but also just that environment of being around other writers mm -hmm. and seeing people be vulnerable. It is inspiring to be like, okay, the ground isn't going to swallow me up. I'll yeah. be okay. Like, I'm just going to do it. Absolutely. And that was yeah. a cool, I loved that moment too. Oh, cool. Because I was still terrified. <laughs> no, my, it was actually my family afterwards were like, that was so cool how that woman came up. And I'm like, I know her. She's my friend, you know. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, it is really cool that you did that. Um, and and I think that gave them as an like outsiders a glimpse into how special Shut Up and Write is, how special this community is of just like, okay, if writers supporting writers, nurturing writers really does have an impact on you know everybody involved um and I think um I also think that's what's really been helpful and awesome to see in terms of the programs developing which is where Sue has been able to say hey there's a lot of folks that don't have opportunities to read their work out out loud and to get those types of skills and so being able to say how do we do that but how do we do that in a way that feels nurturing rather than hey you could go to this local open mic that they have and we can tell you about four of them which they're wonderful and if you're at that stage that's great but to be able to say a lot of folks that come to shut up and write they're not at that stage and they would love to just have a place where it feels very safe and where if you completely flub what you're saying or if you get lost or if you turn red or if you feel sweaty or if any of those things happen that's okay like that's just part of learning how to own your stories and to stand in front of an audience and be able to do that that's a great group i love these <laughs> yeah, um, can we give Michelle a quick shout out too because Michelle is our newest member she's also oh gosh. not only a member <laughs> of Shut Up and Write but she's become one of the, the regular team members for POP and she's an example of somebody who we had no intention of adding anybody else to the team we thought we were we were good to go but she stepped up with ideas immediately volunteered we have a little sign up sheet if you want to sign up to do, immediately volunteered to do that jumped in and the next thing i know she and christy are going oh you know we're going to talk about co-hosting this it's like that's that's pop in action yeah absolutely michelle is amazing yeah it's funny because i i believe i told you so before that i never really intended to do the blog or the podcast or the whole you know the whole pop team it just honestly came it was an opportunity I just couldn't pass up and I was like I really want to be involved in more of the community and really help out other writers um even if it's just posting a blog or like doing the podcast here with Christy um so it's it was just I feel like it was meant to be the stars aligned and the fate said Michelle you got to step up and make yourself useful to somebody <laughs> So I figured, yeah, it was it was good. So I'm glad I'm here and talking with you two and learning more from you two actually. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's delightful. Everybody in these in this group is amazing. Tracy, are there any upcoming projects you'd like to share besides uh, your super cool book? Oh, <laughs> that's very kind. Um, yeah, so that is my my focus for the next uh, six months is to get. My novel is currently called The Heart is Unremarkable. It is a uh, spec fiction piece about a boy who 
goes through a lot of trauma when he is younger and later develops a sensor in your wrist that can actually tell you real time whether the choices you're making are right, wrong, or indifferent for where you want your life to go. Um, and it is actually told through multiple points of view, um, and I'm excited. I just finished a large beta read, which uh, I will be doing a blog for the pop blog about that, um, which is going to be along in the veins of, here's all the things I did in my beta read that you shouldn't do to make yours go better. Um, but what I did, what I loved through it is that I found a lot of themes, um, positive and negative, with things I could do with the plot. So I have been spending the last couple of months just reworking how the story tells itself. Um, and I had a breakthrough when we were at the writer's conference and I pulled suicide and I was like, okay, wait, you haven't read any of it, but here's my thoughts on a structure. What do you think? And again, right, in her kind way, she was like, I think this could work. I think that you need to think about these things. Um, so there's a lot of post-it notes in my on my office wall right now <laughs> of like ways to move things around. So um, I'm really looking forward to having that finished and being able to send start to query and see if I can find either an agent or um, somebody to work with me to help find it a home, uh, a larger home. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it being done because there's other stories in my head that I want to chase and living with one story for three years can start to make you go, oh my gosh, I just want to write something else. <laughs> <laughs> to give a little background about this podcast, it started after the book launch for our 2023 anthology, Beyond Boundaries. At the event, authors were asked to read part of their stories or poems. Something extraordinary happens when you hear the author reciting their own words. I think the magic of reading is that you bring a little bit of yourself into the author's world. When an author hands over their writing to the reader, they are entrusting the reader's imagination to complete the story. It's a partnership between two people that have probably never met and are likely to never meet. So when you get to hear the words exactly as the author intended, I don't think it takes away from that experience, but I do think it gives the piece a second life, and I, I love that. I think it's magical. So This podcast was created in part to give authors a chance to share their work as they wrote it, and to also give authors a chance to share the story of who they are. Sue, if you want to introduce your piece and give us any background and then jump right in. Sure. Um, I was at one point working with some friends on doing a poem a day, writing a poem a day for a month just to see if we could do it. And so you never know when you start what's going to come out. So this was a piece that was born there and then took a while to develop. Starts out with a preface. Hallelujah. It goes like this. The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. Leonard Cohen. Misunderstanding. Had we met when I was still a genuflecting Catholic girl I would have labeled the hollow in my belly hunger. I would have rushed to sit beside you at the lunch table, and because good Catholic girls are supposed to like boys, I would have gossiped about a guy in our class. I would have misunderstood it was you. Blue-eyed, pink-lipped, in the pleated plaid skirt I was hungry for. That is um, so beautiful. I actually reread this last night, and... I started to tear up, and I'm tearing up again now. Um, yeah, it's just, it's such a beautiful, genuine piece, and um, I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of looking back and misunderstanding some things that were happening at, to them at a younger age, and looking back, it's like, oh, that's what I missed out on, or that's what could have been, and um, that yearning for a connection and love and 
just beautiful. Thank you for reading that. You're welcome. And I have to say that when I was seven, I fell in love with Elvis Presley because he had those big blue eyes. So I made my mom <laughs> buy me this magazine and I took his finger or his, his face rather out of the centerfold and I attached it to a mop and I would dance around with it and look in his blue eyes. <laughs> and so I laugh now and I tell my wife, this poem was inspired by her and she has blue eyes. And I was like, see, I always knew there was a blue eyed person. It just took a while. <laughs> it was not Elvis. <laughs> it wasn't Elvis. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Tracy, I would love to hear your piece. You want to give it an introduction, the title, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Um, so this was part of a flash fiction contest that I was doing. Uh, it's called New York City. No. New York City Midnight? New York City Midnight. Yeah. yeah. I, I think this was the 250 word one. Um, so what that one gives you is it actually gives you a category. It gives you a word um, and an action that has to happen. And uh, as we've talked about, I like sci-fi. I also love horror. I love dark topics. And I got the category of romance and my husband couldn't stop laughing. He's like, you <laughs> suck at this. <laughs> I'm like, mm, mm, I do. Um, and the action that I got was parking a car. Um, so this is what came out of it. It's called Tight Corners. Screech. Every second her car scraped along the concrete pole hurt Jen's heart. She reversed. Screech. Breaking, she rested her forehead on the steering wheel. Judging the angle needed to back around the pole into her new parking spot wasn't going well. A knock on the driver's window made her jump. Masked up, Tim's green eyes smiled. She'd first seen him on a condo owner's Zoom meeting. Searching him out on social had turned up nothing. The next meeting, she'd private messaged him. They'd spent the meeting chatting about how hard it was to be single during a pandemic. Gritting her teeth, she lowered the window. Yes. Want a pic for your Insta? Tim teased. She looked away. I'm kidding. Need help? No. Sighing, he shook his head. My new parking spot sucks. Seems like your approach does, he said. This is why we didn't make it past four dates. Jen, just let me help. One half-hearted screech later, her car was parked. I didn't want our dating life on Instagram. He returned her keys. It's called social, she said. Media. I wanted to date you, Jen. He turned towards the elevator. Just you. A week later, she cut the corner too tight. Wincing, she braced herself. But this time, the screech squeaked. The concrete flexed. Investigating, she found a yellow styrofoam pool noodle glued to the pole. Hashtag safe zone, written on it in black marker. Her heart held the moment, closer than breath, a moment that didn't need to be shared. Smiling, she texted Tim. Dinner? I love that. It's so darn cute. Gosh. And you say you can't write romance. I, were, I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's what I do love about... Um, little contests like that is that it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone. I forgot she said she couldn't write romance until Michelle just said that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you just said you can't write romance. And then this is an adorable romance story. Thanks. Yeah, I relate because I don't, I can't write romance either. <laughs> I relate because I can't park. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, where can our listeners connect with you and keep up with your projects? Well, for me, it would be on um, Metro Phoenix Shut Up and Write. That's through Meetup. It would be through POP, which is um, phoenixoasispress.com. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, is that right? <laughs> and then I have, I just revamped an old blog that I have. I'm going to start posting um, poetry and collages because I do, I do collage art. So um, I'll do that, and that's at sdfulton.com. Uh, and then for me, um, I, I have an Instagram feed. So it is uh, at tracy.scochel.author. And I post uh, everything from random coffee shop wanderings to um, some of the contest stuff that I do uh, to a lot of book reviews. So if you're looking for book reviews, you want to see that. Perfect. And that's yeah. Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y yes. dot Scochel, S-K-O-C-H-I-L. Yes. Perfect. Dot. Yes. Writer. Author. Author. Yep. Dot Perfect. author. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We are so excited for everything that Pop has in store for 2024. You can check back in on January 17th, where Michelle and I will be discussing writer's block. And on February 7th, when we interview Elaine Price Lockridge. You can follow Phoenix Oasis Press on social medias at Phoenix Oasis Press or on their website, phoenixoasispress.com. If you are a writer interested in being interviewed, or if you would like to write into the show, please contact us at popinthepodcast at gmail.com. Keep writing, keep reading, keep listening, and keep sharing. We'll see you next time.